This is the Drunken Comedian Podcast with your host, Matt Hoss. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Drunken Comedian Podcast. Pow pow! I hope you Jaeger Potters are ready for a, another blast with Tin and Dewyeb. Uh, we have the second hour, um, which we recorded in November, uh, available for this episode. We didn't mean to do two episodes, but we just kept on talking. And uh, I really enjoyed this second part. It was really, you can tell we're getting progressively drunker and drunker throughout the thing, uh, even though we haven't had that much drink, but... I hadn't eaten during that day, and it was like six percent alcohol as well, so it was pretty, uh, uh, pretty strong. But uh, it was a really interesting thing. We talk, um, we start talking about video games, Lego Marvel games as well. We talk about the comedian Mark Thomas, how to develop within comedy and the industry within that. And we also talk about some other things as well, like uh, traveling. We also have a discussion of uh, whether we are allowed to enjoy the arts. Uh, uh, from the person who has created it, uh, like Louis C.K., and um, and we also talk about something more lighthearted, like being heckled by kids. I'll chat to you at the end of the podcast, but I hope you enjoy part two with Tin and Dewyep. I hope you're ready for our podcast today, and I hope you're ready for what we're about to say. Like you can come play on a bus or a train, because we're gonna go straight inside your brain. Get ready for the podcast, yeah. Hope you're ready for the podcast. I bet you're ready for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, you're probably ready. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, uh, oh, hang on, so you need to backtrack then. Hey, so uh, you, 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 uh, we've just been discussing, uh, Tina, you just recently bought a Nintendo Switch, right? Yeah, because um, I, you know, I've got a kid other way, so I need to make sensible, <laughs> sensible savings. Uh, you need to prepare to what, what a, a child might like, like Mario Odyssey. Well, like absolutely, a... I've got to get them into it young. Um, no, do you know? Do you know what it is? This is such a this is such a pathetic uh, way of me justifying it. I find that because oh, this is so pathetic. I find that because all I do is I read the news and I, like basically I I used to love reading and I find now that when I read I'm still writing in my head and I have to reread and reread. Yeah. The only time I switch my brain off properly is either in the cinema. When I've like got no distractions because I just turn my, I'm not a dick yeah. I don't have my phone on the cinema. Yeah. Or when I play a computer game. When I play a computer game, I, to, I don't look at Twitter, I don't look at anything. Totally, I get totally yeah. immersed, and um and I some I just need that sort of like uh, so my excuse is that's my way of having a break really. Um, with um when I'm playing video games though, like um particularly with the PS4, they have that share button function where it wants to break that immersion of, oh, share it to your friends. It's like, no, I don't want that. I want, yeah, I want yeah. to have that such an inclusive, like, I like playing games with uh, where the story is about what I make of it and uh, how you play it and how, how, how you respond to it as well. Absolutely, like, yeah. and, and it fully immerses. I know I hate doing multiplayer. I don't want to fucking talk yeah. to anyone. Exactly. All, like, all we do in our jobs is talk to people. Exactly, yeah. I want to do. So, like, my recent favourite, so I've got, yeah, so I've got a PS4 and it's like Switch now, but um, Horizon Zero Dawn I've never played is, it. oh my God, it's, it's like, there's several good things about it one is a genuinely good story like genuinely yeah. brilliant story where I didn't skip much of the story like I, I'll skip a lot of story but the, yeah. I didn't at all for that but also every time you think you're bored with the game like oh I've done this enough times it changes it okay, and you yeah. go oh fucking good yeah. work but 
that's what I need. And so I got a Switch because I really wanted Super Mario Odyssey. I really like fun. I like fun platforming, adventure yeah. games. Yeah. Uh, I don't want shoot 'em ups. I mean, I, I like some, but I'm not very good at them. Yeah. And right. uh, I got bored with uh, just being killed by you know twelve year old Japanese kids. Yeah. So yeah. Hence uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lego Marvel yeah. Team. Yeah. I've I've always enjoyed the Lego. Like games like the Star Wars and the uh, Indiana Jones one, I really yeah, like. Yeah, it's great as well. Yeah. Like, but it's just easy and fun to play, if you know what I mean. Like, it's, not, it's not stressful. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you just kind of, yeah, it's just proper relaxing. I yeah, think. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably a big fan. Uh, we should definitely play online sometime. Uh, like, and definitely. Like, uh, just be irresponsible together. <laughs> hey, man, it's being very. We're saving the world. Yeah, it, in, in these games, I don't think that's irresponsible. Yeah, yeah, we we are saving the world from Gwenpool. So uh, absolutely. In in Horizon Zero Dawn, you save the world from giant robot dinosaurs, and I don't know what could be more responsible <laughs> than that. So it's just. Just you know, it, is that like a metaphor for Theresa May or like? Quite, quite possibly, quite possibly. Yeah, it, it combines all the Tory stereotypes in one giant. Well, no, not giant so much. Just robot dinosaurs. Isn't it South Park where like uh, there's Mecha Streisand? Uh, yeah, Mecha Streisand, <laughs> terrifying. Uh, I wrote down some uh, specific questions. Uh, Did you? you? Uh, we for have, me, I feel honoured. Uh, I got a whole page for you. But, Holy uh, shit! Yeah, on, let's let's go through it. Let's do. We, we can do quick fire if you want. We, we kind of uh, we talked a lot about a lot on the main subjects anyway. Anyway, uh, we kind of know each other through uh, Mark Thomas. The first time I met you was I, I was in a project with Mark Thomas, and uh, uh, it was his uh, loitering fate, uh, and uh, you, you popped up for that. And it's the first time we met, I believe. Yes, it was. Was it loitering? Yeah, because I thought it was through Kent. Wasn't it through Kent? We well, met? Uh, we um, we met there first, and then uh, oh, I mentioned. Oh, Then I mentioned. Oh, we do the same. We used to do the yeah, same course. Yeah, nice. And the loitering one. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Was that when we had to walk? No. So uh, let's contextualise it. Um, yeah, let's do that because I've I've done a lot of stupid things with Mark Thomas, and I can't remember what they all uh, were for. Uh, just just to put um, so Mark Thomas, in case you don't know, he's a political comedian. Uh, he's been uh, going since 1980s, and he's uh, he's quite revolutionary because he. Um, he, he tends to make change outside the theatre of stand-up. He's really innovative in that way. Um, yeah, and if you don't know Mark Thomas, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'll, people, I'll be honest. A lot of people don't. No, it's, to be fair, also, especially if people are around now, because he's not on the TV like he used yeah. to. He does a lot now yeah. of theatre, a lot of theatre shows and a lot of tours, um, and doesn't really... I mean, and I don't mean this in a, in a good or a bad way, but he doesn't really do much to attract a new audience because he doesn't, I suppose, need to. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, he's not. He's on social media a bit, but it's yeah. not like he. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I get that. He's he's very much. Um, yeah, he has that kind of charm. Uh, for this particular show, it's British Trespass show, so it's to do with reclaiming London. Uh, oh yeah. And uh, with this particular thing, we did a loitering fake because. Um, uh, Ollie, uh, Ollie Double, who was my lecturer, our, our lecturer, uh, he got in touch with Mark Thomas in regards to. Uh, well, he, Mark Thomas wanted some people to uh, do some stuff for him for uh, for this uh, for this kind of project, uh, and he asked for someone to do the RBS Way Walk. And the RBS Way Walk was uh, he had to um, chalk up a. Uh, a 500 uh, metre stint outside of RBS in London in, uh, in uh, Liverpool Street yeah. outside the he- headquarters uh, well behind his jacket and a hard hat saying loitering on it and uh, walk uh, 666 times outside the front yeah uh, yeah so it's, it's where it says that the RBS own a small triangle outside their front yes, door of, of their HQ and the area around that triangle is all public but that triangle is not so he walks around the edge 
he walked on all the public bits basically yeah and um, for a sponsored walk and when you uh, and we try to make it into a like registered walk if you know what I mean uh, and uh, so I was the first person who wasn't Mark Thomas to do that walk uh, oh yeah and, uh, of I, course, I, yeah. I, uh, I became the person on the website who kind of got people to do it as well mm. so uh, and it was a it's a really cool and fun project however when I first did it right, uh, I, obviously I just turned up randomly outside of a bank started walking back and forth in a high vis jacket I was asked to stop pretty quickly. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> but uh, they, they, in the end, at the end, when I completed it, uh, all the staff were like, "Yay, you did it!" Yeah, that, we found that when, when Mark yeah. did, Mark did his sponsor. You know, when we were sponsoring it, the the, the, the security guards really got on side of him. Because you, you did the original one, didn't you? I did yeah. the original one, and I was um, I what was the word? I was trying to think. I was a supporter basically, but I yeah. I wrote like messages on signs and, yeah. and tried to give him, come, you know, I basically pointed him yeah. in which direction he should be yeah. going, even though it was very obvious at the yeah. time. I tried to make it as silly as possible. Yeah. It was good fun. Yeah. Uh, then after um, after that, he did a loitering thing because there was a place in London uh, where it's public highway um, uh, for pedestrians, uh, but um, the local uh, houses uh, said, uh, oh, uh, no loitering around here. So um, we had like a little fate there. We had yes, like a, a nice, duck, uh, smack the rat, and like a little fate, like picnicky stuff, and uh, like cakes and raffles. Was, Tem- was it Thames Walkway? I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. Out near Vauxhall, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you had to show up for a comedy club for kids gig. Uh, I think it was at the, at the South Bank, Belly, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I met you there briefly, and I was like, I was I was a really big uh, at this time. I was like a proper comedy nerd. I was like, "Oh, you're Tiernan? Oh, oh, I'm a big fan." And you're like, "Thank you." Uh, uh, so, but I never knew how to react to anyone actually knowing who I am. I had a really weird thing recently. Oh no, this sound, that sounds really terrible, gloating. But I was I went to the Labour conference yeah. for um, oh, for the yeah, podcast, yeah, right? Yeah. And um, and I had uh, I was interviewing some people from Momentum and uh, the World Transformed. Yeah. And we, they, they basically, uh, they, they, they were so fucking cool. They're such a good bunch of people, and all this shit about them being a cult. They're young people who want to make a change. And yeah, I, I, I spent, I didn't spend the whole day with them, but I, I, every time I spoke with them, I was like, there's nothing odd about you. You're genuinely enthusiastic young people who are excited about politics. Like, why are people fucking shitting on this? It's because yeah, they're yeah. arseholes and they don't like the threat of change from yeah. young people who are ignored. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, but the, but I was interviewing these two people in their HQ, and as I started interviewing them, I just heard them recorded, "Are you Tiernan?" Yeah. And I went, yeah, I recognise your voice from the podcast. And I was like, uh, and there's this uh, woman called Lola who's really lovely and she now came, she came to recording my show, she's really awesome. But I was like, I genuinely don't know how to deal with that because I was just a bit embarrassed. It must be so strange because like, you're obviously a very nice person and you're quite, mod- I think you're quite humble and modest as well. So it's someone to go, oh, you're amazing. It must be like, um, you want to disarm it straight away, don't yeah, you? Yeah, because, because you don't, because also I never, uh, that, you know, that does sound overly much, but I never think I'm, I know I'm, I know I'm good at what I do and I've made a living from it for, yeah, yeah. for 10 years now, 14 years been doing comedy or whatever, and so you know you're right at it, yeah. but I never think, but I constantly look at other people who I think are doing amazing things, you know? Well, yeah, um, as we said earlier though, like it's, you can never, like, you can never get to that point where you, you beat it. You can never overtake, really. It's like here's a niche reference in uh, Horace's um, uh, satires. Yeah, he says that life is like a like a chariot race. If, but if you look if you look at other people who's in front of you, you're just going to get annoyed. But you just have to enjoy the chariot race for a while. Yeah, is, yeah. Uh, and comedy is not a race yeah. at all. And I mean, also I think that, that um, my uh, one of my many crap personal philosophies. I always think that when people. Uh, 
when people think what they've done is brilliant it's never brilliant like I always admire and I mean this is a crap because I wouldn't necessarily say he's my favourite filmmaker at all but like Steven Spielberg for example has never been happy with any of his films yeah. like he's never been happy that's why he tried to change E.T. when he could for Blu-ray even though he made it worse and you know but he's always tried to amend and change things because he never was happy and yet he's one of the most world-renowned yeah, incredible yeah. filmmakers and I, I mean I'm using him as an example just because he's most well-known but all the, I think all the best artists are people that are never happy with their work because they're always seeking to make it better yeah and whereas I, yeah I, I never trust people that go oh that was great yeah. I was like was it what's wrong with you like but yeah well um, but on the flip side I've, I've heard that um, the people who are about to do Edinburgh have really like, like if they think their show is like oh this is this is a good show they tend to do better uh, than people like yeah it's an okay show. oh no but I think but I think there's a difference in having confidence in it yeah and yeah. and having a uh, I think there's there's a difference between being confident in what you're doing and thinking you've created the most perfect thing ever yes you know like, oh, incredible yeah totally that, that's big margin difference big margin because you can create a show that you're really happy to remember you're really proud of. But I think, uh, uh, without sounding too wanky, I think a true artist, true comedian, whatever, was somewhere in the back of their head yeah. going, "This isn't the best. Like yeah. I, I've got, I can, I will do better. This yeah. isn't, you know, because because also, they're like, uh, how depressing to think that's the best, and then you think, well, well, I may as well give up then. Well, like, like, um, like uh, with Frank Skinner, he used to uh, write a new twenty minutes every week uh, when he was doing the clubs, and that is like. That's amazing, and uh, um, but when when you're a comedian, you think, oh, this is probably my best twenty minutes. No, it's your best twenty minutes right now. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm always amazed by because uh, obviously I've been doing comedy for a couple of years. Every year I look back and go, oh wow, it's so much better than it was a year yeah. ago. But if that wasn't the case, you'd be kind of distraught, wouldn't you? If you're, if yeah. you're leveling now, uh, yeah, you hope that you keep improving. Yeah, no, like you, you you've got to find something. You've got to find something every year to look at and go, I've got better at doing this, or this this proves that I'm getting better at it yeah. and um, it's one of the I mean fucking uh, I'm, I probably shouldn't go into this whatsoever but with Louis CK's fucking allegation recently which yeah, which yeah. I, I've known about for a while and I fucking like it's something that me and my wife talk about loads and that we liked his work but we know like we've heard these rumours what an arsehole but forgetting that for a second one of the things that I did admire about him before it turned out he was a horrific uh, sex offender yeah. was that he you know he didn't get famous till he was 40 yeah exactly Yeah. and I sort of go yeah because you do all that work and then you uh, yeah. and then he's, he's an arsehole uh, but yeah, look let's skip that, that but, you know, but yeah. well talking about that it's, it's interesting because like I, I used to idolise Louis C.K. until the scandal well, yeah. but then again, I did hear the rumours beforehand though, you know? yeah which then makes you feel awful and implicit but the, the thing that I've learnt through well, I know that, and I, I, you should always believe the victims, but I didn't know who they were, and all yeah. I'd ever heard was a rumour, so yeah. I didn't know if it was anything more than the rumour, and I didn't know anything more than that. I didn't know who to. Yeah. Um, it's no verifiable. No, it, which it, is not necessarily makes no, me any no. better for being complicit in. No, you know, not complicit, yeah. but in, no, I knew about yeah. it. I'm not complicit. I, you know, I wish. I, I don't know. Tim, what are you doing on that table, table, mate? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but, you know, all these th- sort of things. But it's just that thing of you hope that someone who speaks so, so pro feminist in their comedy yeah. and everything, yeah. you kind of. You would hope. And, also, and it's that thing of the amount of. I was talking about someone the other day that, like, like James Brown was fucking arrested for coke dealing and I think it was even implicit in someone's murder wasn't there at one point yeah, oh shit his music is still some of the best fucking music 
of the 20th century. And someone like John Lennon, who um, obviously was a wife beater and stuff like that. Yeah, it's all like, these people that yeah. are awful. I mean, um, I heard, uh, I'm a big Tom Waits fan, yeah. and I heard a really awful story about Tom oh, Waits no. uh, being quite violent to his wife somebody, when he was during his alcoholic phase. Some years ago, from a, a comic who's um, uh, a guy called Colin Cole, who used to be a, a security guard for music gigs, and he'd, he'd seen Tom Waits basically assault his wife, and I, and I make me so horrifically sad. Yeah. Um, but I sort of think now I mustn't enjoy his music. But if I hear it, I still enjoy it. Like I can't. But it creates that tricky thing. You know. I saw someone post on Twitter and they asked whether you should, whether you should still enjoy it as a thing. Um, and it's it's odd because like I'm sure if you go to any other profession, like if you went to a, a dry cleaning business. Um, you wouldn't necessarily know if that person was a good person or a bad person. No. So, but um, so I think I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure what I believe personally. But like, I, I think it's it's difficult. Yeah, I, think so. I mean, it's also particularly the fact that because CK spoke out against this sort of thing, and then so that feels the yeah, biggest I th- betrayal. I think, that's, and, uh, I think that's the reason you know, why I've been so against it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, he, um, it, yeah, it's hypocritical, I suppose, but. Hugely hypocritical, and and that that's what makes it more horrific. I wonder well, no, not more. It's horrific to begin with. What he did was horrific. But then, I think from a fan point of view, that you've trusted this person because of the way in which they talk about their comedy. I mean, like, like what well, this is a horrible thing to say. For example, like if Bill Burr had come out as being his ex offender, yeah. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, because. Like, I remember a Jim Norton routine. He was like, I, uh, he's, he's talking about um, he did a routine about getting a, a wank from like a massage parlor uh, and like uh, and how he used to do that. And he goes, oh, I can actually say these things because you know my audience believes that I would do this. And it's like, if Jim Norton did it, it's like, yeah, I kind of understand it. Uh, even though he didn't, no, not to cast a surgeon, but like, uh, yeah, sure. uh, but um, that's the kind of comedy he does. But the, the thing is with Louis. That, that the selling point was he was always honest and he he wouldn't lie to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, he'd been like brutally honest but the fact they held that thing back and didn't own it and they, well not only they should own it it's an awful thing but he he held something back from us and that was the really thing that killed him really. so yeah like, uh, he wasn't being truly truthful I suppose but. well that's what, I mean yeah it's, it's a shame because I think one I mean there were, there were many reasons why I previously found him inspirational one is that I thought his comedy was fucking great yeah but also the other one was just showing that you can keep working and eventually get there which is you know a nice thing for comedians to have I remember his, uh, he did SNL um, not too long ago and there's a quote I've stuck by for a little while uh, it's like a He's like, I've done comedy for like uh, 25 years. I've only been good for four of them. It's like that's like, that's a yeah. great. great well, I tell you, let's, let's go for a better example. That isn't, uh, as far as I know, it's sex offender. But um, Amy Poehler's biography. If you read yeah. Amy Poehler's biography, which is wonderful, but uh, she has a lovely thing where she talks about the reason she's big now is not, you know, it is it's all to do with hard work, but none of it's chance. It's through all the people she's worked with, yeah. and all the people that she's worked with over the years that have then come back and got her for other stuff, and yeah. it's simply work and experience and you just go oh thank fuck for that yeah because that's like, reassuring always isn't hope. it yeah I mean I'm sure I'll get to like 60 and still like come on when I'm 70 maybe it'll come but yeah hey Tina when I'm rich and famous I might let you you know cast an, you can come on another podcast if you want thanks man uh, that, 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 that means a lot <laughs> that means a lot to me yeah yeah <laughs> well I'll, I'll treat you to another uh, Lego Marvel game in the future. That, uh, mate, that is, I'm writing that down. Yeah. I'm writing that down. I had a friend at school who, uh, still to this day, should it ever happen, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna um, paint this back. But uh, her name's Sabelle, yeah. and she, when we were 14, promised, said to me, that if you become rich and famous, you have to buy me a McDonald's. Yeah. And uh, and it's never. I haven't seen Sabelle in years. I hope she's doing all right. She was awesome. But um, I still in my head think. If I ever, if I ever just like made the jackpot, yeah. I would like send. I'd try and find where she lives and send one to her yeah. as a simple fucking the, yeah. the promise. And uh, that, that could be a nice Edinburgh show as well. It could be like a nice tie up in the end. It's like, oh, could that be rich and famous? Here's a McDonald's anyway. Yeah. yeah, but then that's not like that's not really good because who would want a McDonald's for someone that isn't? I suppose for some people. Yeah, would. I, I would. That'd be lovely. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're a vegan. I'm veggie. Yeah. McDonald's is fucking pointless to us. Oh, their veggie burgers are shit. I, um, I'm not sure if they're fully vegan, so... Uh, no, yeah, well, their veggie like, burgers, they only made their chips fully veggie recently, yeah, yeah. didn't they? I, so, uh, I suppose vegan for the chips, yeah, but... They use vegetable oil now, yeah, so... Yeah. When I'm in services, all I can have is black coffee and large fries, uh, so... Sure. Yeah, so, yeah, life's hard for me. Uh, oh, mate. Well, um, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> it's becoming a lot easier to be vegan, though. Oh, it, totally. Like, uh, I, I, hey, so I tell you, this is, uh, <laughs> I say this is a podcast. So my, my, my wife does uh, copy typing for companies. Yes. And she was uh, copy typing this week for big evil corporation Nestle. Yeah. Uh, they kill babies. Quite yeah. dubious right now. But anyway, um, one of the things they were discussing, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, this is part of a meeting, probably confidential, but they were saying that their vegetarian range yeah. has increased by 10% sales in France in the last year. Oh, yeah. France. Yeah, it is. That, how does that, that shows that vegetarianism and veganism is, like, if France are buying 10% more veggie stuff in the last year, yeah. that's bonkers. Yeah. Right, that shows that it's changing globally because France are like they basically eat raw cows, and uh, it's 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 growing as well. And the thing is, um, at the moment, um, I see a lot of people laughing at veganism and vegetarianism. Like, but the thing is, at first people will laugh at it, but then it comes, it's starting to become a real thing. People are, yeah. uh, and. I don't know, like, uh, I'm only saying this because I'm partly pissed, but like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're only a pint and a half in, Matt, come on. It's 6% I've had there. It is quite strong, yeah, yeah, yeah it's a good point. I've had no lunch, I'm a bit like, ooh. Oh, mate, yeah. we, should, we should have said... Uh, I hope it, uh, it becomes a little bit more prevalent, but stuff like Okia, um, uh, with it, the uh, Elephant Super Pig, uh, uh, Netflix. Oh, film. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, stuff like that's yeah. coming up a bit yeah, more, yeah. like documentaries, like, like Carnage uh, through, uh, from Simon Amstel. I've not seen that yet. I've really oh, got to watch really it. I've heard it's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's also things like, so, so I'm, I've been veggie since I was born. I was brought yes. up veggie by uh, veggie parents, and I've got a veggie nan and a veggie aunt and veggie yeah. cousins. That's so and, cool. Um, and so my brother's oh no my brother stopped being veggie at 28 and he had to come out to our parents which is really uh, which is awkward yeah yeah <laughs> really odd uh, way of doing it but anyway um, so he's not quite carnivorous but but the but so one of the main reasons I haven't gone vegan oh there's a number of reasons I could get rid of milk I could quite easily get rid of milk uh, but but I, I love eggs and I love cheese yeah. but for the first time recently Violife vegan cheese is fucking amazing yeah it's good isn't it like yeah. genuinely yeah. tasty like because for many years I'd try the cheese and it'd be like eating a bit of plastic or yeah, yeah. it would leave that like weird plaster, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and it'd have that weird aftertaste that's slightly burned like uh, and, but Violife is like oh my god this tastes like, like fucking good cheese so yeah the Sainsbury's do a range of like cheeses and they've recently released um, a cheddar with caramelised onion and then um, my uh, my mum's boyfriend who really hates veganism I got him to try some and he's like wow that's that's better than normal cheese you know what I mean and that's like, awesome like, it's, it's, uh, it's really like that's the thing though because like, it's a lot more people are buying into it uh, so 
fiscally, people are like, oh, there's a range here, so they start putting yeah. money into it and it becomes better and bigger. Well, it was in Edinburgh this year, and I don't know if you, you went there at all, but there's a restaurant now called Harmonium, because um, Glasgow are an amazing place for, ve- for vegans yes, and veggies, totally, yeah. incredible. And one of the places, um, I'm trying to remember what they own in Glasgow, they own a, a restaurant called Flying Duck, which is amazing, and a restaurant called Mono, which is amazing. They're both vegan, and one does sort of vegan fish and chips, and the other one does vegan Mexican food. Oh, and they've opened a place in Edinburgh called Harmonium, and we went there about three times over Edinburgh because it was brilliant and I got like a Saitan quarter pounder oh, yeah. and uh, what is it there was the dish I keep talking about is um, oyster mushroom scallops with vegan chorizo oh, and it was wow. like oh, everything tasted fucking amazing yeah um, well that's the thing with veganism because um, people think it's quite bland and boring oh, it's but, brilliant. Uh, because they, but they, uh, what vegan chefs do, they really bring out the flavour as much as possible. They experiment with a lot of different things, and it's such a, it's a, such a, a winding part. When I first yeah, became yeah. vegetarian, I was like, wow, you can do so much stuff with vegetables. And stuff like that. But that's a real recent thing. There's been so many years where the only options for veggies were just risotto or a goat's cheese flan, and you're like, ah, oh, fucking yeah. hell. And then it's just that's expanding the veganism, and you can finally we're at a point where people can be inventive enough with it. Yeah, it's all it's about—a bit of imagination, isn't it? Definitely. Uh, Sorry, we've totally bypassed hey. all your questions again. Here's a brand new one I wrote on the train Ooh, here. Go for it. Uh, what is your favourite service station? Oh, um, that's tricky. I really like Le Delamere. Um, well, no, it's, the thing is, T-Bay. T-Bay is easily the best, right? Because T-Bay is a farm shop services and is wonderful. Yeah. And the food you get there is superb. Yeah. But what I like about Le Delamere is when you go to Le Delamere, um, it's, you're not... Like you're not too far from Wales or the West Country. Like you, yeah. you've completed over half your journey. Yeah. Over half. If you're coming from London or yeah. the South, you've completed over half your journey to get to the West or Wales, if that's where you're going. And it's got. It's not amazing, but the cost is quite big. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to be ever be a queue. Like I just like I like it as like that's the one I'm going to stop yeah. at because it's like it's a treat because it's like oh you're nearly there yeah yeah. yeah you, also oh, they've kept this is a really weird specific thing near the if you go to the loo they've got a poster up by the loo it's for like mother and baby magazine or something they've never changed it and the baby in the picture looks like the most casual baby ever like he's doing a sort of pose with both his arms behind yeah. his back <laughs> and reclining and it always looks like I'm a casual baby yeah and it makes me laugh every time uh, so that's pretty good and imagine that baby now is obviously quite old for that probably really Really old, yeah. yeah, really, really like a grandparent. That baby was Tien and Dewey. <laughs> oh, wow, wouldn't that be an amazing origin story? Uh, and every I go back and just look at my tiny face. Yeah. Um, so that's, I, but, but T-Bay is the best for quality of stuff. Okay, yeah. What, what's the worst service station if, if you have Oh, one? shit, that's hard. There's a lot of crap ones. Yeah, there are, aren't there? Um, I just kind of threw it out there, just, just spontaneously. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a hard one because I, I don't. I mean, the thing is, is all of them and and fulfil a necessary. Well, because like obviously evil, you know. Yeah, because sometimes like if it doesn't have a Costa or a McDonald's, it's like why bother stopping? You know, if it has a Subway, cracking, but it's not often enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I like a Subway. I like an Eminus or a Waitrose because I can at least pretend to yeah. not buy fully disgusting food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's not. Yeah. If it's if it's a burger here. Yeah. Like what's the one? Is it New Newport Pagnor? It's just a bit shit. Yeah. And there's a few like that. These Tib Shelf. Oh yourself, yeah, Tib Shelf. Yeah. Tib Shelf is a piece of. Let's put that on fucking record. Tib Shelf, piece of shit. <laughs> fucking sort your life out, this mate. This is the best conversation I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I I genuinely think like you could probably. 
like I never understand why they don't do a service station consultation with comedians because yeah. we would it's us and lorry drivers and yeah. lorry drivers often just pull over and you know yeah. and they wank into a match or whatever it is they do but like comedians, comedians. We, yeah but comedians we've got a car full of other comedians we've got to yeah. find the place for the best services we've got genuine Telford they've got an iron hammer or whatever it is at their one I can't remember what it is called something interesting to do with fossil fuels <laughs> I can't remember what it was anyway it's nice to look at yeah it's a shit services Wi-Fi is terrible see this this is really important I think yeah. um, I think I'm gonna ask this is the first time I asked that question but I think I'm gonna try and find out kind of crowdsource the best there's a whole other podcast in it mate yeah. a whole other podcast should we do that in, for the best have you ever been at a service station bumped into another comedian before uh, no I haven't not yet it will happen to you I, um, I think my own actually I say I think my only one was Ray Peacock or Ian, Ian Boldsworth as he now is uh, yeah. where was that I'm trying to remember it's somewhere on the M4 yeah and we bumped it wasn't Lay Delamere though but somewhere else on the M4 we bumped yeah. into each other it has happened on the way back from gigs <laughs> like I, I I find that that would be so magical. It's like this is happening to someone else. Yeah, I'm not alone. And you both go, "How was your gig?" Yeah. And they can go, "It was alright. How was your gig?" And you get this nice little moment, yeah. and no one else knows what you're talking about. But no one else is there, so it doesn't matter. Cause it's three a.m. When you're at service stations or an airport or a train station, uh, you're all strangers. You know what I mean? You don't have an identity. Yeah, yeah. So when you find someone like you know each other, you connect. Like, oh, I so last week I because I'm a proper romantic. I took my wife to Venice for her birthday. Oh, She'd never yeah. been, How and go? I got on the plane. Uh, well we both got on the plane obviously again I'm not leaving in the airport <laughs> um, but I, we both got on the plane and then four rows in front of us was Alistair Barry the comedian oh, yeah. and his wife and their new baby and um, because he was going for a couple of days away uh, I think for a family birthday and I was like this is fucking weird like it's just weird yeah it'd be weird if it was even a non-comedian if it was yeah, just somebody yeah. I know yeah. but how weird that we're both yeah, for two comedians to be yeah. missing a weekend of work yeah. to go away really strange so how was Venice? That's nice. Have you ever been? No, but I've heard it's like quite expensive. It's stupid expensive, but uh, it's beautiful. It's yeah. just beautiful. But, but then it's one of those places where um, you can either... Like, we were looking at going to one of the art galleries, and it was like 20 euros a ticket, and we were like, well, no, we don't give a shit. Like, I don't, I don't want to see art that much. Yeah. And then there's all these free art galleries everywhere that you can go and find that are all modern art and beautiful and far more interesting. So there's ways... There's ways to... Every, every city in the world, there yeah. is a way to do it in a more interesting ground level how people there would go see it way Definitely. that doesn't break your bank yeah I love I, I, I like um, one of my favourite cities is Berlin because like uh, Berlin has a, a wide range of museums and art and uh, culture and, and they do like passes where it makes it so cheap to go in oh, awesome. uh, uh, they have a place called the Museum Instant which is like a five museums on an all island and uh, you can get like a, a pass for all all, all five of them for like a, a week for like a, like 20 euros so uh, awesome like, it's, it's such a cool thing and they're all amazing there's a, a and there's also like things like the Jewish museum which is like heartbreaking and sad uh, but it's, it's half art installation half museum and yeah it's just a uh, it's fascinating the, the whole city is really beautiful as I've never been and it's on my long list of like places that I need to go visit it's yeah. one of my favourite it's, it's my favourite modern city because it's like a metropolis if you know what I mean it's really that's awesome really, I, I really I really want to I really want to go but it's also like you say that thing of um, I was in Copenhagen recently I went to oh god whatever the art museum's called that's funded by it was funded by Carlsberg yeah. but like every Tuesday the whole museum is free Oh, and you just wow. go, why doesn't everywhere, like, it's just because they just want to make sure it's accessible. Yeah. And you just go, why doesn't everywhere do that? Just one day a week, you can charge your ass off the rest of the week, and then yeah. one day, 
let people come and take in the culture and the and like you know. sometimes you don't know if a museum's for you because you're taking a punt on it because like oh I'm not I like going to museums like where you're like I'm not sure if I like it but if you if you do latch onto it it's like wow this is fascinating but sometimes it's not you know sometimes yeah, it's like yeah. eh, it's okay you know uh, um, but like I, I like the fact that if you not a lot of people abuse it, but like a donation system is really good because if you do like it, it's like wow, I want to donate to this. You know, this yeah, is yeah. something I really enjoy. This, uh, I enjoy this so much. But um, if you're not into it, it's like okay, maybe not so much. You know, what I mean, sure. It's, uh, uh, you pay, let's say, pay what you want, but for like museums. Uh, yeah, but it, I, I don't. I, yeah, I also think that kind of museums should be paid for by government, and and you know, I just think like. That history and education should be fucking covered because if more people knew about that stuff then we wouldn't be in 2017 yeah. in the way that we're in 2017 yeah and just having basic healthcare would be quite nice basic well. healthcare I mean all the kind of standard shit really yeah. uh, decent train service decent energy all the things that make humans' lives slightly yeah. better would be really good. Nah, fuck it. Let's just get, let's just focus on businesses because that's what's important, isn't it? Yeah. Of course, Google, Google. Yeah, and also another jingle which I like is uh, um, <laughs> on the podcast. It's the uh, jingle where who's fucked off this week? Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who this week is it? Is leaving the UK because of Brexit? Yeah. <laughs> who? Uh, yeah. Who do you think this week is it? Yeah. I really need to write. I really need to write more. Uh, I really need to. I'll, I'll try and put a new one in for next one. I've only got two more episodes this uh, oh, year. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, and then um, and next week I'm going to see the Gorillas at the O2 on a Monday, so I've got to finish my podcast early. <laughs> so yeah, uh, to get that done. Um, anyway, but uh, yeah, I forgot about that one. It's a good one. Um, so on the podcast, it's a time-honored tradition that um, what we do is that um, we like to ask uh, comedians to do a live live autograph signing onto the podcast so, <laughs> so, it's, uh, so it's transcribed there. so what a lot of listeners here they don't really care about the comedians they just want to hear your transcription of your okay. autograph so if you want to just do it loud into the speaker I'll do it really loud I should say that my autograph looks nothing like my name there you go how did that, that sound I, I hope that sounded good quality mate but also there's like I mean can you work out how that looks like my name it looks it like Tad like does it like Tad? Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. Secret name. But uh, it's like the T and the D, and then I just do random squiggles with the hope that it will somehow <laughs> yeah, fill the other letters. Well, well, that, that what, when I started this, it was like, oh, I want it like a live uh, uh, autograph just to make That's it. That's a nice moment, but, man. But what I, what this section has become turned into is. Uh, well, like, signatures are weird, aren't they? Because it's just, yeah, yeah. I, I'm the adult, I'm just going to squiggle my way through it. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> if you, I can't remember who the animator was, which means I'm doing total injustice, but several years ago I saw the signature of an animator and he drew like a little whirlwind with a face yeah. every time he did his signature. And I was like, man, that's yeah, that's amazing. Like, imagine being that good at art that every time you could like the same fucking yeah. bit of, You do that on your passport and... Oh, that's good. Like, I wish I had yeah, that. but like, I feel like no one's ever said, hey, that's not a correct signature. In fact, I've even worked in bars where I've had to check signatures, and I've never been like, oh, that's identical. I'm like, yeah, it's probably alright, isn't it? So, no, no one ever cares. Yeah. And also, like, when people have, like, so this is the thing with comedy, people have stage names, they've got to learn two signatures. Yeah. So they've got to have their oh, real course, signature, yeah, yeah, and then they've yeah. got to have their signature for their stage name. Uh, that's, I, I can barely handle my own signature. <laughs> I don't know how you'd have two signatures. Um, I also um, I was going to also ask uh, part of the the, the Tien and Duyo questions. Uh, um, obviously, yeah. yeah um, how often does uh, do people get your name incorrect as well? Because uh, every day. Uh, <laughs> uh, today, today I had to call up a number for my insulin pump oh uh, my supplies that yeah. I have to get delivered, 
and the guy didn't even bother asking me my name today because he just like clearly he went so you're Mr. Um, oh, they just kept calling me sir and I was like oh you can't even bother to try yeah it's a lot of vowels <laughs> it's a lot of vowels but I've always weighed it up as I could change it for comedy or I could be easily googleable but I, I kind of no, I, I like the fact you haven't gone for a stage name, unless it was a stage name. Uh, but, uh, no, I wish. Uh, um, I mean, but how imaginative would I have to be? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I kind of like, well, yeah, because it's obviously your you on stage. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I think it would be slightly more inauthentic if you didn't have that as well. And like, uh, my, yeah, To it, this day, my favourite, and I've told this probably too many times, so apologies, but... No, no. Was... Oh god, uh, La- I think it was Llama Tree Festival, I think it was, that listed me as Doobie Tay Ram, which I think sounds like a Middle Eastern jazz musician. <laughs> and I really like, I kind of, I wanted to be, live his life. Yeah. I just imagined uh, Doobie Tay Ram, I'm going to play some sweet sax. And a bah, 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 you know, and I yeah. just, I, I imagine there's a beautiful story there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doobie Tay. Like, yeah, I don't know. So, so, um, some some reviewers just don't bother like doing a Google check, I imagine. So, no, uh, loads of people can't give a shit. Yeah, yeah people just don't care. They they either it's easy or it's not. And, yeah. But then it's only the UK. Like in Ireland, they easily get the tin, and for some reason they can nail the do yet yeah. as a result, yeah. even though GM's not remotely Irish. And then abroad, they all get. Yeah. They all get both bits. It's it's simply it's mainly England particularly the UK but mainly England it's, it's funny you say that because like um, I, I once hosted a couple of previews uh, uh, in Canterbury and um, I had a uh, Maguire on and like I, she's brilliant it, she's, she's a, like yeah. she's a phenomenal Probably comedian right, yeah. uh, but the thing is like I've never I, her name is spelled like Grain with an N-E on the end uh, and like as a Yorkshire person I had never come across that name before yeah. uh, and I thought it was Grain at some point that no it's Yeah, I was like, no, it's it's, it's green, right? Uh, So I was so paranoid because as a compare, I want to make sure I get everyone's names right. Sure. I hate when my pet peeve as compares when someone gets a a, a, a comedian's name wrong. It's just like it's it's one you have one job really. So. Well, it's also Irish names. I'm saying, if you ever worked with Queeve McDonald, he's brilliant. Queeve is brilliant, but Queeve is spelled C-A-M-H, I believe it is. Yes. And so I first introduced him on stage as Kamer. <laughs> and, and there's not a remote, it's Queeve. Yeah. Like, but how would I, how yeah. would you know? Yeah, yeah, you have to be told that in advance. That's why so, I always I always double check. It's like, that's how to say your name, right? Um, just in case that, that doesn't happen. But uh, have you been introduced as anything awkward on stage before? Like anything in, totally incorrect? Or? Well, no, but I mean, I've had lots of tin and dweebs. Yeah. Uh, and tin. And, but I mean, uh, you know, that's fine. I'll oh, deal with that. But I just always think that the, uh, I think while my persona might be whatever you might think it is, I don't know, dweeb sums me up because I'm not very technically, <laughs> I was thinking dweebs, uh, I never know what the difference between a dweeb and a nerd is or whatever, but um, I think I think dweeb's more computery, it's definitely more tech spec, I think, I think a nerd has been more passionate towards a certain subject, which is, yeah. um, but a dweeb is a bit more uh, idiotic, I suppose. Uh, right, okay. Uh, well, uh, in uh, which case, I sort of feel like, if I, I don't want to be introduced as a dweeb, as though I'm like a, doing a character. Yeah, I think dweeb is more like, uh, like yeah, a bit more character based. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, I've never been introduced to anything worse than that, particularly. Okay, um, what is the strange heckle you've ever had in your life? Oh, man, that's interesting. Oh. Um, a strange heckle. Yeah, uh, 
I, is it cheating to go for a kids one? Or is no, that, go for heck, go ahead. Because the thing is, kids ones always. I mean, I remember, I remember once being heckled by a guy in Brighton, uh, a, a comedian, and I can't remember what he was heckling about. But I dealt with him twice, and then he got carted out on the third time. And as he was leaving, he shouted, "You'll regret this! I work for the Daily Mail!" And then the entire <laughs> audience booed him as he left. And I was like, actually, I think I'm thinking of regretting this more. Yeah. And that was really odd because I, in my head, I was like odd that you would, yeah, why would you think mean? that that would help you in yeah. this situation <laughs> but that kind of sums up a Daily Mail reporter in, to begin with anyway yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um, and I, I'm trying to think of what uh, I'm sure I've had odd uh, I had one in Denmark once where a woman kept shouting that she knew me uh, no not Denmark so it was in Norway in Bergen and I'd never been to Bergen before and she definitely didn't she was off her face yeah but that was quite th- quite weird and that because for a moment you kind of go oh no does someone know me like should I be yeah it's like, it's, it almost breaks your kind of uh, trance but last night, it's not particularly exciting but it was strange but yeah no uh, last night I did a gig and uh, I did I run a, uh, a monthly student gig at University of Kent well, what was Monkey Shine which mm. was um, oh, yeah. uh, the student comedy night which we both did um, um, unfortunately that's not running anymore um but I, what we're doing is a monthly professional comedy night there. And nice. Stuff. So well, that's good. at least some form of comedy is happening there. Uh, but essentially, there's this guy that um, it turns out he was it's just a regular audience member. And I was doing some writing yesterday before a show. And he said, like, "Oh, it's Matt Horse." I was like, "I know your face, but I'm not I'm not sure how I should approach you because like I think you're a fan, but I'm not I, I'm like not sure." And, uh, I don't know. It throws you off a little bit. uh, You just kind of don't know how to deal with it if it is someone who genuinely you know. Uh, But yeah, but but generally all the weirdest ones are from kids where, to to this day I think probably the weirdest was when there was a boy in the audience, this is an older shot many years ago, where he would shout back whatever words we said, but with the with that word again, but followed by revolution. So if you did joke about banana, you'd shout out, banana revolution, and then you you say something else like hat revolution, yeah. and, and that was his thing. And and but eventually got all the children chanting it with him, and we couldn't get through a sentence <laughs> without all the kids <laughs> shouting back like poo revolution, shoes revolution, and it just became unplayable. Yeah, because this kid had completely, and it turned out at the end of the gig that his parents had just dumped him in the gig and gone oh, home. Oh, really? And he was a completely like Aww. just uh, delinquent child yeah it was uh, I mean not necessarily his fault but like but holy shit it ruined that game yeah. entirely because <laughs> it's just banana revolution but at least um, everyone's having fun so yeah absolutely I'm sure, do you know I'm sure I've had weird heckles there but I've blocked a ton no, of them no. out yeah you kind you of have just to block of, them out uh, yeah it's yeah absolutely I mean yeah, I think there was a, the one that I talk about far too often is a comedy club for kids. I once asked a small boy in the front row, must be about five, what his, like, what the best rude word he knew was. And as, as part of the kind of try and do the thing of words we won't say. And I yeah. assumed at his age, he looked very sweet. I thought, it's probably going to say poo or bum, and I can kind of go, how disgusting, rah, rah, and make a big joke of it. But he just said in a, like, the loudest whisper you could ever hear here, why are you doing this? And, um, and it just really crushed me because I. I didn't. I was like, wow, I, yeah, yeah, I ask myself this every day. It's like ComComPod, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and Sharon Horgan was in the audience oh, really? and, and tweeted about how funny that was that the compare got destroyed by a five-year-old. I was like, oh, great, thanks. This is great. Oh, um, have you seen Motherland recently? I haven't. I need to get on it's, the case. Uh, I've heard it's very good. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's Sharon Horgan, uh, Graham and Helen Linnehan. Uh, and Holly Walsh. Yes, as well, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's like it's such an amazing program as well. Yeah, I need to. It's on a long list of things to catch up with. <laughs> That's the thing. We're, um, we've met up in the past as well, and essentially it's just turned into 
here's things you should watch. Well, here's things you should watch. Yeah. And I'm still yet to catch up on them, but they're, uh, they're still there. You've uh, you once told me about uh, the program Review. Uh, where oh, mate, have you still not watched no, Review? No, it's, it's still, the best thing in the world. Review still, with Forrest McNeil. Listeners, get on that. It's amazing. But that's it. Like, I've still wanted to watch it for a long time. Yeah. Also, you can only get it via the illegal internet, so you can't yeah. get it uh, properly. Uh, Search Party. Have you seen Search Party? No, I haven't. No. Search Party. They've just started season two of that, and that is the best dark comedy I've seen in such a long time. You can watch all of season one on 4OD yeah. and season two has just started which should be on 4OD soon but I'm getting it from the internet yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't admit to these things so freely yeah, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a drunken comedian boy. you can admit to anything that's, Great. that's what it's for good point, good point. Okay. This, is, this is a bit of an avant-garde question Oh. I've never asked it before okay. oh. it's double O what's the worst advice you could give to a new comedian oh my goodness that's a that's hard. What's the worst advice? Um, Alternative, what's the worst advice you've ever received? No, I, d- I don't know what... Uh, I've probably received loads of terrible advice, but I, I think maybe, I don't know, get comfortable would probably be terrible yeah. advice. <laughs> because I think you've always got to be working out. Yeah. As soon as you're happy with your five, work on your ten. As soon as you're happy with your ten, work on your twenty. Yeah. As soon as you're happy with twenty, work on your like thirty an hour. You know, I just... I, you know... Uh, but I say this as an audience, like as an audience rather than a comedian, that I'm so bored of watching comics who reel off their set as though they know it too well, and there's no yeah. joy or or honesty in it anymore. Um, and I think that part of the joy of what we do is we can explore things and yeah. well, well, you know what, keep keep growing and keep changing. A lot of my set at the moment is um, like. There's, there's some sets I've been doing for nearly a year now. Still finding avenues in which I can find playfulness within them. So like, uh, I'm finding new bits where I can go, oh, this is where I can put this bit, and I can add audience to this part. And I like adding these extras and add-ons and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like downloadable content for my my my, my normal routines. If you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's an extra bit set, and uh, I like finding them out and playing with them. And, um, there's a routine uh, I've, been, I've done this Twitter routine for about uh, a year about over a year now but um, there's some new bits I found to it and it really it gets bigger last than it's ever got before as well and I like, I like doing that because it's uh, uh, it's it's finding more about myself and who I am as a comedian but also it's uh, it's, it's uh, adding a new playfulness because I think um, uh, as a comedian uh, as, I'm, as I'm growing older uh, I used to be very serious about what I do. I, I want to talk about politics, but I, but I realise I'm not that comedian necessarily. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a playful kind of like. Well, you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the other that's thing, the thing is you yeah. don't ever have to do anything. And I, like, there's all the you know, there's so many rules in comedy. Like, you know, what's the rule of like you should try every joke three times? And you sort of go, well, yeah, but then you do it three times, and maybe it doesn't work after the third time. But then a year and a half later, it might work yeah, because of something yeah. else you add to it. So. That, you know, there's all these rules that we follow that are fucking rubbish because yeah. it depends on how you write and what you're interested in at the time and how your voice is at the time. And it, you know, it depends how that prism changes of uh, how you are and how your material comes across because that might change in the years' time as well. Absolutely, so. everything changes, constantly changes. So, I mean, I, I've, I've had, I tell you what, I've had a lot of uh, bad advice uh, from. Um, I think of something recently. I turned up to a gig a year ago and I didn't really want to do it and I ended up closing on a Saturday night and the gig for some reason was 70% stag do's and 30% not and I turned up not really wanting to do it and the act before me had done a lot of classic like shitty material about their girlfriend 
and it had gone down amazingly and then I went on stage and started criticising Brexit and it yeah. didn't do very well and the compare kind of started lecturing me about ah oh, you know it's just because what you need to do with your material is this and this and this and I was like no what I need to not do is gigs like this yeah because yeah, this is not, yeah. I, the only thing is this material has been working for months I didn't want to do this show yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think if you, you've got to know what you want to do like don't be swayed by I, th- I think that it, there's so much good advice in the comedy world and I've been given so much good advice over the years like I countless brilliant brilliant advice from brilliant people but you've also got to know what you want to do yeah. and, and you've got to not be, yeah. you know be swayed by what other people think you should do I think uh, some of the best advice that you actually taught me um, was uh, I, so I interviewed you uh, a long time ago for my master's research. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, and um, some of the best advice I've ever got uh, is uh, the time where you've died on stage and a Geordie comedian was like, what, you're going to kill yourself? Oh, uh, it's John Fothergill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I always, I always remember that. It was at the comedy store. I did, yeah. I did uh, oh, God, so many tenders for the store. And then most, like, I'd say... Well, in fact, all of them except one went really well, and then I did yeah. one that died on my own, and they didn't give me another ten. I was like, ah, oh. and I've never gone back really, which I probably should do one day. But, um, but I remember John. I came off stage uh, and I bombed this one time. It was at the Late Show, and John Fothergill just goes, ah, what are you going to do? Kill yourself? And I was like, well, no. And he goes, ah, exactly. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> a fair point. Like, it's really, it's not that bad, is it? Like, that's helped me out so much because, like, uh, when. When you're in that like that time when you just die, just like oh for fuck's sake, uh, why should I just give it all up? Uh, and you get so, I, get, I I personally get very melodramatic, you know what I mean? So I'm like oh, uh, but when I, I have that phrase uh, ready to go, I'm like oh, what are you gonna do? Kill yourself? It's like no. Oh, crack on yeah, then. <laughs> because it's not that you know, like that was 10 minutes but you, you do a 20 minute it's only 20 minutes of your life yeah. it's 24 hours in your fucking day yeah. how many hours in your week in your life like it's not that much of your life and most of the time you get to just leave that gig and go and those people will never see you again yeah. it doesn't I mean it doesn't you know it does matter in that if you do well it improves you and it's great but if you die you, you learn and you just move yeah. away and it's not fucking end of the world like you, I think you've got to accept that you died I, I get really angry when people are like well I did one it was their fault no it was your fault probably but also well, sometimes it's their fault but you also got to go right it's not I can't beat myself up about this but, I think yeah. Sarah Millican's got that hasn't she got the next day rule you can yeah, be miserable yeah. about it for how many yeah, hours and then it's 10am yeah. room so like, yeah. Yeah, beat yourself up and then drop it at 10am yes and, and I think that's really healthy you've got, to, you've got to learn to get over these things yeah and because you've got to do it the next day as well that's, that's the thing um, you've got to keep doing this stupid job <laughs> <laughs> endlessly doing this stupid stupid job but uh, yeah it, 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 I think it it's, it is a stupid job but like it's it, uh, it's also uh, the best job ever yeah it is uh, it, it, it's, you have to remember that though as well don't you oh absolutely no, I, I constantly remind myself how brilliant this job is and how stupid and ridiculous this job is on a daily basis um I think we're going to wrap up relatively soon because we've, we've done an, uh, oh, we've done hours yeah. I mean hours now you've it's got like we've just got... been trunking rambling for a couple of hours so. hey, I've <laughs> just, this is all your podcast <laughs> this is two years of feed uh, um, it's good um, but go on what do you want to finish I'll, up I'll, on I'll ask um, alright I'll, uh, I'll finish with this but, uh, but before we go um, where can people find you on Twitter and uh, Facebook yeah, just relentlessly on Twitter uh, at, you've got to spell my name that's always the problem with all these things you've got to find at Tin and Duyeb 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, and post so tweets at uh, I'm open post links. Just have a go. Just yeah, fucking give it a go. Put random letters in yeah, it for you. Yeah, just give it a go. And it's the same on Facebook, it's the same online. And the podcast is partly political broadcast. At uh, Parpol Bro. At Parpol Bro. Um, was it partly political broadcast group on Facebook or partly political broadcast at gmail.com, as I and mentioned every single week? But the, uh, the, the Facebook groups, as I mentioned earlier, it's like, it's, it's a lovely community within them. People post nice Well, I'm trying to get more people to say, like, be more active in yeah. it because uh, it'd be really nice um, there's a really good American podcast called Abe Lincoln's Top Hat and their Facebook yeah. group I'm jealous of yeah people contribute a lot I think you have a really nice following all the same you have uh, there's people uh, they they're all them. reasonable people yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, very nice. but when yeah. you used to do uh, question of the week people used to get so involved in that that's really cool I will that. bring that back when the news dies down yeah. I haven't got time for it yeah. well, I loved it I loved it but I keep finding that if I include that then the podcasts are too long yeah oh, but like, yeah uh, I, yeah, I suppose. But um, I know you wanted to come back. Uh, well, I, I like it because it involves that kind of community and prospect of it. I totally well. agree. I, I will. I'll aim to bring it back next year. It's just that thing of because it adds another. Because f- I can never narrow. Maybe I should just do like the top three responses or something and narrow it down. Yeah, but then uh, I think people get upset. If yeah, yeah, there's like no you, winning, man. Yeah, there's no fucking winning. Yeah. Story uh, of like life. Politics, so like yeah. politics. Like life. Like every comedy. Well, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been um, a pleasure. And I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this final question. Um, has comedy improved or worsened your life? Oh, shit. Uh, no, I'd say improved overall. It's worse in certain areas. Like my social life is dog shit. Yeah. Uh, but it's improved... Uh, no, it's improved just generally looking at life, I think. I think so, yeah. Because I, I, I far enjoy... Well, in fact, I've always enjoyed looking at the sillier aspects of life. But I think the way, you know, confidence from comedy is... Really, like, there, there came Incredible. a point about eight, eight years into com- doing comedy where I went, I can walk into any room and talk to people and it doesn't matter anymore. And yeah. that's an amazing feeling. Yeah, it definitely. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So, no, and, and also I'm doing a job that I love. Like, that's crazy. I never at any point want to be sad about my boss because it's me. <laughs> and, um, I mean, sometimes I am sad about my boss. But, like, you know, I never... Like, I've worked in some shitty jobs before I did comedy and I'm like... This is great now. Yeah, like, I, I, you know, I, I would like to have slightly more steady finances, but yeah. what, um, you know, what else have I got to complain about? That's it's a, fine. It's good. A, that's a great answer. Thank you very much, Tim. Thanks for having me. Cool. I hope you enjoyed episode 16. Thank you so much, Tianan, for coming onto the podcast. Uh, it was such a pleasure to hang out with you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was a really, really fun one to do as well. And, uh, yeah, I had a blast. It was a really fun one to do. And, uh, however, at the moment, in my actual life, uh, it's currently March uh, when I'm recording this, and uh, the Beast from the East has recently came, and... It has ravaged hell all over my plans, uh, and uh, I was meant to be in Kent this weekend. Uh, however, the beast has prevented me from. Uh, he has rained many snowy spells and frozen roads in uh, in North Yorkshire, and I can't really leave my house. By house, I mean caravan, <laughs> and by caravan, I mean frozen icebox. Uh, for the first day of the storm. Like, we couldn't open the door. <laughs> I couldn't leave the house. <laughs> like, the door was frozen over, and that's not ideal. And what is even less ideal is that the running water just 
Uh, we have no running water for like the last five days, and I, I am, you know, it's not okay. You know, like I, I feel like I'm bare grills or something. Uh, I, I feel like <laughs> I'm in like a nuclear apocalypse. It's really bad, <laughs> but I'm surviving. Um, but running water, it you don't realize how much you need it for. And dare I say, I properly stink as well. I this is not a this is not a healthy smell by now. Um, I'm trying to do like festival washes, you know, you know, get a wet wipe in the main areas, you know, stave off stench. But it's uh it's a bit it's a bit difficult. I've had to be showering at the gym, which is, you know weird because sometimes i don't have time to do a full workout so i'll just go for a shower and i do look a bit like mad if you know what i mean but yeah life's okay i hope everything's good with you um this uh yeah um we should be in a podcast out soon um we have a couple more in the bank um but i feel we're gonna i'm gonna do some more recordings in the next couple of weeks so you got that to look forward to if you want to keep up to date to find out who is coming up on the podcast please follow us at drunk Compod on both facebook and twitter it'd be good to hear from you there remember to give us five stars on itunes as well it'd be a pleasure to hear from you uh if you want to give us a review and also if you want to hear more of this charming man I pointed towards myself there. If you want to hear more from me, I have a new podcast called Myths, and it's a podcast where I talk about ancient myths with my good friend Dan Rhodes, and it's a really fun and very very light-hearted podcast as well. So do check that out as well. I've been Matt Hoss, this is episode 16, and I'll see you next month, probably. Hopefully I'll be making out the caravan by then. Bye! Bye.